Hi, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to Stage Door Medium. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 12, The Road to Hell, featuring Hadestown standout, Timothy Hughes. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of Stage Door Medium. I'm Jimmy here, and um, we've got we've got some fun topics to talk about today. Um, gosh, we, we have an incredible artist here that I'm, I'm so excited to speak to, uh, speak with. And then we're talking all about hell today uh, because I have a guest who goes there nightly, eight times a week. Um, please help me in welcoming Tim Hughes to our show today. Hi, Tim. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> how are you doing? It's good. I'm doing well. It's good to see you. Happy you New too. Year. Happy New Year. Let's, I know I was, I was so ticked at my spouse last night because I typically set an alarm because I, I can't stay up. Like I'm such a, I'm such a early riser and I wake up and it's like 12.02 and I'm like, oh, what time is it? What time is it? Before midnight. He's like, it already hit. And I was so pissed. I was like, I wanted to see this year out. And I'm like, can you let me sleep? <laughs> he was like, I just thought you wanted sleep. So I was <laughs> Luckily, I was so tired to be too pissed. I just fell back asleep. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, you didn't miss much this one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just I remember looking at a post of uh, Billy Porter's coat, and that was the last. Oh, did you see it? I did. It was oh, beautiful. That coat. Well, we got you here. So, gosh, your so your Broadway credits include Chaplin, Frozen, Hades Town, and then um, the the movie The Greatest Showman. You have you have so many credits, but. Um, Gosh, I am such a fan of your work, and I saw Hades Town. It was pretty much right after it opened because I made sure I was like, we have to get tickets because something in my gut was like, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be nuts after the review came out. And so yeah. I remember I was very fortunate that we got it right before the review hit, before they could like, you know, spike the <laughs> spike the prices for like yeah. all, for premium seats and. It was one of the most revelatory. Like I remember, I told you when we first started messaging. I'm still trying to figure out the show. Like I'm still trying to process it. Like that's how incredible the show is. It's so it's the the like richest piece of theater I've ever gotten to be a part of um, and experience on a, on a nightly basis. I mean, uh, whenever people are always like, "How do you do it eight times a, eight times a week?" It's never been easier than with Hades Town. There's just so much there. There's so much depth. There's so much complexity. There's so many ways to to hook into something new each night that um, I do feel super grateful to be a part of it. There were so many moments where I remember, like that are just you know branded up here. And then it's funny. I mean, there there's so many versions on YouTube, and you know you always hear the expression to see something on YouTube does not do it obviously justice to seeing it live and. 100 I mean talk about I feel like Hades Town is probably the strongest example like that is a and I know theater is a communal experience but to see that show there is something so I mean especially with how Hades Town operates with you know Andre the Shields coming out with the okay you know or is it all right okay what what does he say all right all right I mean the and the minute I will never forget it was very similar to once in the way that it just kind of pulls you in and you're like oh the show was start. You know what I mean. It was just such mm-hmm. a communal. So, and we'll get there. But I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> oh, it makes me miss Broadway even more. Just talking about this with you. So, me too. Um, me too. Let's go back to young Tim Hughes. How did you get? How did you get the bug? Like, did you always know that you wanted to do um, theater? 
I'm the youngest of four kids. So it was, it's my sister, then two brothers, then me. Um, and my sister, and actually my mother um, was very musical. She was, um, she was in a group called the Kim Larks when she was a little girl. Um, and my dad was always very athletic. So it was an interesting combination that I had both um, an extreme push to be playing basketball and be athletic and an extreme push to be um, in music and not like pushed by my parents, but genetically, I think just like pulled in both directions. Um, and I did growing up, I, I did both. I, um, I was constantly putting on shows in, in my basement. I was constantly um, playing um, dress up and finding costumes. And, um, you know, the youngest is always kind of the entertainer. Um, so that worked out. And then the fact that my sister was the oldest also had a musical bug and sang and danced and act. I remember watching her like when I'm like, I must've been three or four when I first saw her in the sound of music um, in her middle school. And I remember that I remember that. Mm -hmm. um, so I caught that bug early. And then I kind of grew up watching her do high school productions. Um, she always was like my personal director choreographer in my basement productions. Um, and then I also was was athletic and, and playing basketball and, um, and soccer and, and tennis and was good at it. I was very athletic. Um, but I just never, it, it was just pure passion that I had for, for the arts. Um, and I, and I knew in middle school, I knew pretty early on that that was pulling me stronger than anything else. Um, and I really just started to commit to it more in high school. Um, and then slowly give up every sport until I was just doing theater. Um, and then, you know, as a kid from Wisconsin, I just, I didn't really know it if I could turn my passion into a career. Um, and I, I went for it and auditioned for colleges and um, ended up pursuing it um, at NYU. Um, and that's just, you know, set me off on this, on this path that I've been on ever since. But yeah, I've always just loved it. I mean, I've just never been able to turn away from my love for it. It's funny that you talk about your sister because my sister is, she's two years older than me and very similar track. You know, I, I did sports growing up, but it was always very, <laughs> it was always very food driven. Like we, I was like, well, maybe if I play baseball, cause I, you know, the team moms would buy you food when you won. And so I was like, well, maybe, you know, I'll go get ice cream after this. So it was never, uh, you know, it was never like, I, I didn't enjoy it. And I remember I would, I was only put in the outfield and I was like thinking about musicals and like the wizard of Oz and like Judy Garland, like the you know tender age of eight in the outfield and like stomping bees. And um, my sister and I, you know, we went to a small Catholic grade school and we used to put on like little plays after school, like very, like very dark, like murder mystery, like lifetime drama plays as children. And um, then it wasn't until she was in high school and I saw her in Pippin that same thing. I very much was like, Oh, and it was so simple. They literally, who did she play? Who did she play? Julie was, Julie was just, um, Julie was just one of the, one of the players. She, um, uh, she danced for like 15 years and she's so, she, she's this incredible dancer. And, um, I remember just at one point it was like flash paper or something so silly, but I remember to be that kid in an audience in middle school and like see fire come out of somebody's hand. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I was like, Oh, like I can't wait to do this. So, um, yeah, my sister and I had a very similar experience to yours where I kind of looked up to her and, you know, um, 
she was very much like a guiding inspiration when, because dancing wasn't my strong suit. So when I struggled mm. with stuff, I could always go to her. And um, yeah, so um, tell me a little bit before we before we dive into to Hades Town. You were also in The Greatest Showman, and I, I completely forgot about that. I was looking up, you know, I was like, oh. Um, and then you've got your photos with Hugh Jackman. And what? how did that experience come about for you? And like, what was that like, putting that movie together with him and your company? Uh, I was, I had made my debut in, in Chaplin, the musical, and I was cast by Telsey. Um, and I, and I started establishing a, a solid relationship with that casting company. Um, but the original, like planted seed for the greatest showman was, a, um, a dear friend of mine who I went to school with, um, who is from Buenos Aires. She moved, um, to LA was like starting her career there. She's amazing, incredibly talented, and and was connected into this like who's who of young artists in LA dinner that she was invited to. And she ends up sitting next to and meeting Michael Gracie, the director of The Greatest Showman, for the, for the first time that she goes to this, this dinner. And when you meet Michael Gracie, you realize he loves to talk about his projects. He loves to do full like storyboard. This yeah. is what we're going down, like bring out the computer. And he was about to start casting for The Greatest Showman. So he brings out um, the presentation of this is what I'm about to do. I'm looking for all of these eccentric, triple threat, circus type people. And my friend um, sat next to him and she was like, my friend has to be in your show. And he was like, what? And she was like, you're going to love him. He's going to have to be in your show. So at the time, he, he was looking for the giant, a very, very tall person who could also do a lot of the singing and dancing. And I kind of um, put my own stamp on the role of the monster in Young Frankenstein. And I was doing the putting on the Ritz production number in these like six inch platform tap shoes. <laughs> and I'd done it at Main State and then I'd done it at the Muni. Um, and in the heat, like, by the way, where it's like 800 degrees and you're in. <laughs> oh my God. In, in layers of costumes in 80 degree weather, like lifting, thank God it was Jen Cody, but like lifting somebody up and walking like a yeah. football field um, in tap shoes. It was <laughs> amazing i loved every second of it um but i did almost pass out like two two nights it sure. was intense um and i was like oh i have you know i have all of this experience dancing on some form and i also had done big fish twice so i had been on stilts um so she was like you're gonna love him uh got like kind of planted the seeds in the director's mind um, and then Telsey started casting it and they told my agent they're like you're not tall enough they're looking for somebody who's a real giant and I was like I'm not tall enough like I've never gotten that before <laughs> um and but because I had a relationship with them they were like but come in and dance um for the rest of the parts so when I first danced for the director he assumed that I'd be like he saw me in a very different light and then I danced very well in the style um with the Ashley Whalen the choreographer was bringing to the piece it just suits my body and um my abilities well um and it was a really good fit and i already kind of had my foot in the door because my friend had planted a seed and that's you know it's really lucky but that's sometimes what it takes is that like that personal connection i stayed through the whole process um and there was a, a crazy amount of budget cuts like near the end where they were like trying to like narrow down um, how many new people they were going to bring in to play this small group of oddities. And I think 
out of this pool, there's supposed to be 12 and I think they brought in two and I happened to be one of them. Um, so I was very lucky, but that's the long version of how, wow. how I got connected to Greatest Showman. What was the experience like, like working with Hugh Jackman, working on that set? And it looks crazy, like crazy amazing. It's amazing, especially coming from like a mostly theater experience. Um, it was incredible to walk into a set that is like 360, the world that you are trying to create. You know, yeah. it's not the back set, the back end of a set piece that's unfinished. You know, yeah. There's no unfinished corner um on those those sets it also was so amazing to work with Hugh Jackman I mean he's definitely um brings his experience of um and history in the theater and that sense of community and collaboration to a movie set which I think is gonna is probably gonna be unique for my experiences moving forward in the movies I don't think I'm gonna get that a lot but he brought such a sense of community to um to this cast and he he just has such a healthy sense of um self he's got such a uh, incredible work ethic he was a really amazing example for me to see um work and then to work with and learn from in the greatest showman um it was surreal i mean when when i first started learning the, the choreography and and heard the music i was like this has the potential to be incredible yeah. um and it's it's unique because you, a lot of the power feels yeah, the power structures feel different for the movie. Like um, you learn early on that the, that you you don't like get direction and make it your own and then do it eight times a week. You kind of get direction and then like try a couple of different things and then the director and the editor decide which one's going to make it. Like your job is, um, expectation is a little bit different. So that whole pace, I, um, I had to learn um, pretty quickly, but um it was amazing. I mean, I, I like, I love the friends that I've made, um, cast and crew. Um, it yeah. was just such a great uh, experience, a great family. It, but I mean, even the movie itself, though, is so theatrical in nature that I feel like, you know, when you're talking about transitioning to film, I feel like it was probably a perfect opportunity because, you, like you said, you have people that have worked extensively in the theater the feel of it. I mean, like watching it, you almost had like, if you, I feel like if you had no experience with the greatest showman or if you're average viewer, you might even have to wonder, hmm, was this a musical at one point that they turned into a movie or, I mean, it, it's, mm -hmm. that's how, that's how theatrical it is. So the director has a great um, appreciation for old school movie musicals, which is what that quality is brought into this, this movie musical. You can, you can tell, you know I mean? With the yeah. rooftop scenes and there's just, there's so many moments. Um, gosh, I know. Such, such beautiful music. I think I've only seen it once, actually. Once in the theaters. So I'm going to have to watch it again. Um, get you that royalty residual check. <laughs> I don't Disney, know that... Disney Plus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's talk about Hades Town because, and yes. oh gosh, I, I know we started talking about it earlier, but I have never seen something where I was. I can't tell you the last time I've seen a, seen a show where I was so transfixed at the end of act one where like, you know, the lights come up and I look at my spouse and like, you know, my eyes had welled up and I'm like, I don't even know. Normally at intermission, I'll know, like I'll already want to start talking about it. And I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I gotta, I, you just have to wait, you know, mm -hmm. for, for the full show, to, you know, to come, you know, to come to it, to come to a close. And, I mean, we, we both were like, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen, like in so many years. Like I've never felt, I don't know. I, I feel like it's funny. I was just talking about this too with heavier shows. 
I feel like I'm not able to see them often because they are so heavy. Like falsettos, I can only see once. I haven't watched it again because it's too... Hadestown, I feel like, is deep, but it's something that I could see so many times. And and mm. like Amber, gosh, Amber, like I just her... I felt like, I, and, and it's no no disrespect to any other castmate, but I could not stop. Like, I always pick a character that I just, like, follow the entire show, and it was her. I mean, I could not get over the performance she was giving. And everyone, everyone, everyone was at, like, everyone. 150. But is there a particular time frame that we're supposed to think that this world is set in based off the fashion? Because I couldn't peg it. Um, no. Okay. Um the fashion is specifically drawn from like a lot of different um, inspirations. Uh, specifically, uh, Persephone's dress is like a combination. I mean, I know that like Dolly Parton was a big inspiration for oh, that yeah. dress. Um, it, but it's, I mean, the costume designer talks about how like the top half feels like a very different era than the bottom half. And yeah. he was like, sometimes when I look at it, I'm like, what? what is that like what is what did we create um and it actually feels like a very different um inspiration and era than hades costumes um yeah but it, there's a it's a combination i mean it, there is that um steampunk like aesthetic to um to a lot of it but it's not um consistent it's definitely eclectic um by design we were talking before we started rolling about how the show means so many different things to different people. And like, I know what stuck out to me was like, I was so drawn to the fact that the ones that are really the flawed folks in the show are the ones that are either gods or part gods. And, and I, I and this idea of, of redemption and um, for you, what, what do you carry? Like what, what how do you walk away from, having seen the show, but being a part of it, what elements do you really hold close to your heart? Um, for me, I, I like really cling to the depictions of um, the like two individual leaders. Like I think the, the pegging of um, Orpheus and Hades is really, really powerful. Um, and especially in the in the like our own political climate that we're in, um, this dictator like authoritarian like leader, and then this art artsy, full of love, like appealing to individuals um, as the like the two options for how to lead and. Um, what is inspiring the, these people, you know, the, 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 the people of the underworld. Um, that I think is like just an overarching, super powerful um, theme for me. Um, and I think that probably specific to the track that I play, like that's the characters that I interact with or that, that affect me and, and the, the world that I'm living in. Um, but God, I mean, like, uh, the the personal um, struggles of, of with uh, with doubt with um, fo you know following your instinct um, with love with relationships I mean there's just so much um, with climate change I mean all of these climate change th themes that are in there um, 
it's that's what I was saying, you know, beforehand. Every night it feels like a that it like something else is the yeah. is the thesis for that night. Like something else stands out to me. Um, because the the lyrics and the show is just that complex and layered and um rich. What I loved is, you know, and, and I'm not giving anything away, but when we do get to the end of the show and the moment happens, you know, right as I mean, and it was fun because I think wherever I was, I could just see that the um, the oil drum was like this close to becoming flush with the state. You know what? I, the, the very last moment, and it's funny because you're in that audience and you know what's coming, and every person in that theater still gasped when when he turns. It's the most heartbreaking, you know, moment. And um, gosh, I, I I cannot wait to. I feel like this show, especially post pandemic about the, you know, why we create and you know, the, the purpose and the role of the arts. And um, mm -hmm. I think it's going to hit home more deeply. Um, what was your experience like, you know, understudying Hades and cause you, you went on, you went on a mm -hmm. couple of times. Was it just once? Um, I think I've been on about five or six times now. Basically it's much easier than my own track. <laughs> <laughs> I like I hardly break a sweat comparatively, um, but it is I mean, I mean, it's such an incredible experience and the creative team led by Rachel has just provided the opportunity to make this track my own, which I'm just incredibly grateful for. And it also feels entirely necessary because there's no way I can do what Patrick Page does. Um, so we started uh, the process of approaching this understudy track from table work, like in, in, in a small studio with Rachel, with the, the oh, wow. music directors. Um, so I started like from square one, which is an incredible opportunity for any understudy. Like usually it's like trying to morph yourself into the cookie cutter of what is, already exists. Um, and there was very, very little of that. So I got to bring a, a tremendous um, personal take um, to Hades. And which, I, like I said, was important because I can't do vocally what Patrick Page does. Nobody can. I mean, it's very, very rare. He's singing an octave below. I was just going to ask the you other, that. And the, what the other understudy and I sing, which is already very low for a, for a bass baritone. Um, so I was I was ready. Like I was ready to go on. I was um, Patrick and Reeve were the I think the last two to um, to call out. Um, technically, Reef still has not missed a show. Uh, his first show out was supposed to be the night that we shut down for the pandemic. It was he went on his vacation, and the, his understudy was going on. It's a, such a sad story, but oh. his family his family was in from California, and then he can't got to the theater, and we're like, we're we're shutting down. This is John. Um, was that John that John. was supposed to go yeah, on? Yeah. Uh, but as far as like how they approach, how Rachel has approached understudy. Um, understudying and how she's kind of approached a company of actors in general is very empowering and um it she trusts the people that she hires um and she encourages them to bring a tremendous amount of themselves to every aspect of what they're contributing to the show and i think that's that helps create the magic that like the effervescence of Town that is that you have to feel in the room mm -hmm. um because it's something about the you know the energy that that 
so many of us just naturally are giving because we've been given this opportunity and the opportunity is rare. And uh, sadly, uh, it's sad to say, but like that opportunity to bring so much of yourself to a piece and to be trusted with so much is not um, the norm for a Broadway show in my experience. Absolutely. I mean, going, I mean, I guess to piggyback off of, the, off of this concept of, of hell, I mean, you and I were talking before we started filming, we, we both grew up Catholic. And can I ask, like growing up, did you, because for me, my notion of hell was like terrifying, like as, as a Catholic grade school, like, did you have one? Like, was there one that was like instilled in you from, from school or, or from, from like anything like that? I'm trying to remember. I mean, I knew pretty early on that I was like the anti-Catholic Catholic. Catholic. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always, uh, yeah, I, I always was like kind of eye rolling at the idea of, of going to church. Um, so if there was, if there was ever like a strong image of what hell was, it didn't scare me. Like it wasn't um, something that like was a determining factor in how I behaved, unfortunately. Um, but I always at the same time still felt like there was good and like, good and evil in the world like sure. in in and and i believed in a spirituality that was not connected to going to church and giving a percentage of your paycheck to the church every week um yeah so yeah i don't know i don't know if i had a specific idea or image of of what um i of like what i thought hell was going to be like i think this the sense of it being a very spiritual um experience for me made it feel like um it wasn't a, like a mythical world that was other like it was yeah. very much still a part of the world that i was um and just took on a more like spiritual form not like a specific hollywood version of of what hell was going to be mine mine evolved so i mean growing up i mean we would you know i went to a catholic grade school and um, and I should preface with too, I'm not knocking religion, you know, I'm not knocking organized religion. It just, for me, it, it, it did not work and, you know, in terms of, I was very similar to you where I was like, I don't, I would zone off, you know, zone out during church. I would, I would start to look at the stained glass windows. And I remember the stained glass windows of hell were like terrifying. So it was like an eight year old sitting there for mass in grade school, like, your brain starts thinking like, oh, is this what it's really like? And then if you had like a visiting priest that was doing the homily that week, like who was a little bit more fire and brimstone than, than the typical parish one, like it was pretty scary. And so you're looking at these images of like physical pain, but then mm. you would have teachers that would talk about in religion class, how pain was something that we only experienced here. So, you know, as a kid, even back then you're questioning, you're like, well, what is this? You know, and it it wasn't until I was in high school, I wanted to say, and I started reading uh, Dante, you know, Alighieri mm -hmm. and reading The Inferno that that I was like, oh, this makes a little bit more sense. Like not the pain aspect, but like the counter suffering. And if we did something really awful here, maybe the counter suffering is like, you know, let the punishment fit, you know, fit the crime. And and then I guess, you know, to piggyback, I mean, as a medium, especially, you know, if, if you're listening at home and, and you've never watched an episode before and listened to a podcast, we try to find parallels between, you know, uh, between the artists that I'm speaking with and, and my experience as a medium. And I can tell you as a medium, I've never encountered a soul that's went, that said like, 
Uh, it's, it's pretty hot where I am. You know what I mean? Like I've never experienced somebody, you know, where I've went, Oh, maybe, maybe hell is a real thing. Um, what I can tell you is from my experience and this is, you know, just mine. Um, I mean, however, I, I've also heard other mediums that have very similar experiences. I haven't, I, I do like to describe it as like a big old house. And when we get to the other side, some might have more free reign of the house based off of how we were here and how we treated people and where, you know, others that might have been really bad, not so good people might only have access to the foyer, so to speak, while, and then one of the things that I can't stress enough is, and it threw me for a loop when I first started reading people, I'm like, oh, there's like basically like work programs on on the other side. So if you had somebody that was not a good person, many times they are paired up with a, another family member on the other side that helps them to rehabilitate, so to speak. And I know for some, I know, especially being here in the physical, it's a hard concept to grasp because I think our culture still very much values incarceration and punishment rather than rehabilitation. And mm -hmm. there's times where I, you know, there, there have been a couple times where I've seen somebody and I'm like, would this person have been maybe not the kindest and would they have done some pretty yucky stuff? And, um, for example, um, one that I'll never forget was I was like, were they part of like, like really bad organizations that would have been like racist and they're like, yes. And I'm like, well, it's interesting. I'm like, what I can tell you now is that from the other side, they actually work on helping people of color and the very types of people they would have discriminated crossover. So it's mm. interesting. We're given very similar, this idea of contrapasso with, you know, Dante and okay, if, if this is what we couldn't figure out here on, you know, when we were here in the physical, we're going to be given tasks that will help us to still grow. Because that's the tricky part, I always say, is that there's no challenges really on the other side. I mean, the challenges are here, you know, humans working with other humans that have their own wants, yeah. their own needs. So, um, and every so often, I can always tell if somebody is recently deceased and they're, and it was, a, for example, um, I would say about a year ago, I read someone and if they are recently crossed, I mean, we're talking like a couple days to a week, they will appear like in a separate little holding room. And I remember I read these three sisters back to back and I'm like, I have your mom here. And the mom, it was bizarre, Tim. The mom was just sitting in a chair like this. And she was like, I can't talk right now. And I'm like, um, is this making sense? And I'm like, did your, did your mom um, take her own life? because I kept feeling like, you know the sledgehammer game you play at carnivals where you do this? My hand kept doing this, and I didn't know why. And the first sister was like, no, my mom just died in her sleep. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. Second sister comes in, and they basically all covered for the mom when I found out afterward that, that the mom had hanged herself, so that was the this gesture that I was getting. So um, oh, wow. when she was basically sitting in the chair, it was basically they were figuring out, okay, how do we take this soul that is hurting and how do we help rehabilitate her? So it's funny, um, after I ended up reading one of the sisters again and when I got the mom the second time, it was a very different situation. She was like, I'm here with my mom, we're working in a garden, I'm working on helping children cross over that are you know, killed in accidents. So um, I know, long story short, if, you know, if, if you're wondering what a medium believes in hell at home, it's not the pitchforks in the flames. It's very much like a rehabilitation on the other side. I guess if it's okay, can we segue into your reading? Because that was, yeah. what, a month? Less than a month? 
Yeah, I think about a, a month ago. What did you make of it? Anything that you feel comfortable sharing? Because you'd never been read before, correct? N never been read. Um, yeah, I, th I definitely had my, I mean, going no further than like the the anti-Catholic Catholic history that I came from. Um, I had my uh, doubts sure. and um, hesitations about it, but I really wanted to. Um, and I think that the the spiritual side of, of me really like wanted to um, participate and see what this was all about. Um, I was um, like amazed um, by the um, the accuracy. I I was mostly amazed by like the the feeling that was created. You know, like, I don't even know what happens for you individually, but I feel feel like um, being in touch with being a medium must you must have a heightened sense of awareness or or something that like that you tune into. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I was able to like tap into something like that at the same time. And the same thing happened um, with my sister-in-law who just was read that it's like, after you feel like, you know, you feel like you've come, you get like pulled back into a reality and you're like, whoa, what was that? Like, what was that, like that bubble that just existed? Um, and I a hundred percent believe um, it, that, that, that that world can, can exist um, and that the the um, people in my life who came to speak to me were were speaking to me. I mean, there was just too much uh, that was accurate and um, spot on. Um, and the crazy thing is like, there was a couple of things that, we, that during the reading that I was like, that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know if that, if that really, was true or something like one thing you said about my um my grandmother on my dad's side you're like i feel like she's like reading like trashy magazines like na like national Enquirer. yeah the star the inquirer yeah and i was like no that doesn't that, that doesn't sound like her at all she had a subscription <laughs> she had a subscription like i like i learned this later on like my aunt confirmed it yeah um which was crazy. And and like another thing that was so amazing after was you're like, is somebody like a female sick in your family? Like somebody who was close to my mom's mom. You're like, um, because she was saying that my grandmother was saying that she was spending a lot of time with somebody who was sick. And I was like, mm. I was like, not that I know of. Um, well, my, my cousin Mary, who's the first grandchild who was very, very close with my grandmother. She had had an emergency surgery like a week prior and she had only told my mom about it so i had like an hour-long conversation with my mom after my reading because there was a lot that um was passed on to share with her yeah and uh she told me about my cousin and i was like oh my god that's crazy and she was very close to my grandma and i finally she she randomly texted me a couple of days ago and I was, oh, I think around Christmas. And I wrote back and I was like, you know, Merry Christmas to you. Like, you know, I heard about um, the surgery. I hope you're recovering really well. I was like, I just wanted to let you know, like I had a really interesting experience with the medium. And he told me this about grandma spending time with somebody close to her in the family who was going through some health emergencies or health crisis. And she's like, I have the chill. She was like, I specifically called on grandma to come help me through this 
which is crazy. I mean, so there's like the, even the, like the 10% doubt that I didn't know about um, has come in um, and, and continued to be amazing. And um, I mean, what's the word? Just calming, Um, you know, just eliminates that element of doubt and you're never going to I mean talk about Haiti sound like you're never going to be able to eliminate that doubt entirely sure but I feel like there's a lot less of it um uh in you know in my life now and I feel like that is empowering somehow yours was so neat in the sense that like oh gosh like the and I always say first off you summed it up so beautifully there is something that happens and that's one of the other reasons why I start with a prayer because you relax and I'll feel it sometimes if somebody's nervous going in feels like a little wall and when I start the prayer and they see my I know they know I, I close my eyes and all of a sudden I feel like a whoosh and their energy their wall comes down a little bit and that doesn't mean that they're like oh I'm gonna overshare information it just means like okay, we feel safe about this. We feel good. Um, you know, and, um, it is, it's a very real, it's funny. Somebody else said the same thing to me. They're like, I feel like after the reading, like the bubble pops and we go back to reality and we're like, what the frig just happened. And Mm -hmm. then that rational part of our brain wants to pick it apart and go, okay, that's not valid because, and then that's the beauty of it is that there are moments like when I told you about the inquirer or the star and you're like, no, I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm not, I'm never going to disagree with somebody because I never want to be that medium that will just goes, well, I'm right. And it, it, that's not the way to go about it. So, but mm-hmm. I also know it's not my job to unpack your experience. So uh, I always just say, and I think I even told you, I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave it here is what I say. I'm going to, I'm going to put it in the corner and maybe it'll make sense later, you know? And um, I did the same thing. Like I put it in my notes and then oh I, yeah, like, cause you I had, wrote. Yeah. And I had a bunch of question marks. Um, oh my God, another one. Here's another one. What? I'm, you said night vision in a woman, like somebody's night vision was, and um, they were like recently, like they need to get it checked. And my sister had just taken um, like a road trip back a couple days prior and it got um, dark earlier than she expected. And she was like, I will never do this again because I realized my vision is going night vision. and my night vision is going when I'm driving. Crazy. And I was like, oh my God. Because <laughs> like, I don't understand either why I'm saying it at that moment. And, you know, yeah. I sometimes I'm like, look, Sometimes people will go, well, are you just trying to, or do, do mediums just try to drum up business by going, I've got a message for mom here and your cousin. No, it's literally the fact that like our family members love us so much. They don't want to talk to just us. They, they want to share other, you know, I mean, and it's not that they couldn't just talk to us for an hour, but they also love, you know, our siblings, they love our mom our, and they want to share these things. And, um, it's funny. I mean, even the way I wrote things down, I mean, you know, if, if it's okay and, and if it's not, we can, we can omit this part. But I remember I started writing down initials for, or excuse me, I thought I was writing out the start of your father's name. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't feel like his name though, because I kept hearing like when I would write it, I would get the green arrow, like the emoji, which meant correct. But then I would hear that. Eh, eh, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I remember when I said, did his name start with like this? And you're like, no, but those are his initials. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, you, yeah you're like, 
you, you said, who's the MA? And I was like, mm. oh, that's, that's my dad. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything that, that was said about my dad was, was spot on. I mean, even the, like, um, interesting when I re-listened to, um, the audio, um, talking about, like, he said something about my mother about giving her a trophy and like even though even trophies is very specific to my dad like my dad had like a box of trophies he was an athlete of that time like even that word felt very connected to him um in and it it like rang truer the second time when i when i replayed it yeah um but yeah the you said um who's the MA? And I was like, oh, that's, that's my dad's, uh, those are my dad's initials. Um, and then he kept saying, he's, he was like, he's not saying he's with you. He keeps saying that he's on, on you. you. Yeah. And I have my dad's initials tattooed on my shoulder, which was, uh, I mean, amazing. Yeah. He had me up so, so early because um, <laughs> it's funny. It's not like the movie Ghost where they follow you everywhere and they're like the 99 bottles, of it, but they will get me up. So if it's a morning for me to let the dogs out because we alternate because they're like demons, they get up so early for food. He was like 6 a.m. He was like, okay, you're ready to go for today. Are you ready to go? Are you ready? I'm like, who is this? And then he kept going, dad, 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 dad. I'm like, Okay, I'm like, I promise you it's going to be beautiful. I'm like, I just need a little bit more sleep. Um, <laughs> so, no, he was he was a joy, and it's neat. I didn't think about the trophy thing either. I just, he shows me, you know, they show us things, and we relay it, and they kind of trust that we will very much like, you know, like I'm, I'm assuming you can relate to it with a character that we're going to take that character, what we know about them, and and speak in their language, you know, as best as we can, as embody them yeah. as best as we can. Cause that's, that's where the beauty of it comes out is, are we embodying, you know, does the personality shine through? Because you might have a piece of evidential information. That's great. But like, you really want to capture that personality too. And if they were super goofy, you don't want to say that, you know, you don't want to read them as strict. You know what I mean? It's so it's, yeah, it's a dance. It's you go ahead. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you um, you you like really captured the dryness of one of my aunts, um, <laughs> like to a, a T. And you were like, she keeps saying, um, it just doesn't make sense. And she, you kind of like embodied her in the moment. And I was like, oh my god, that looks just <laughs> like that's the exact delivery she would have have given. Yeah. Another part of the reading that I would love to talk to you about, if it's okay, is we had a spirit come through, and I had no clue who they were to you. But I had no idea that I was tapping on a pretty high-profile um, case of killings. Um, do you want to, if if you can talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, and there's there's a handful of history that I like haven't even shared with you about it. But when I first was interested in even having being read by you, um, I'm trying to think what came first. Okay, so the first thing that you had said. Um, when we decided to do it was um, was like take the time in this next week to invite yes. um, people who you want to to be there. Um, and I was very exclusive with my invitations. Um, <laughs> like, I, so Timothy I was Hughes there. cordially invites you to this reading. <laughs> Just designing full <laughs> invites. No, but I, but I was like very specific. I wanted to be very specific with with who I was like sending messages out to or energy out to. Um, and one that I didn't feel like was, um, it didn't feel like intentional um, 
was an old friend from um, childhood. And it felt like uh, there was an invitation there that was like kind of out of my control a little bit. Like it was just like mm -hmm. kind of being um, thrust upon me, which I felt very weird about. Like I was like, oh, this, cause you know, there was, there is all this mystery around his death. Um, but it kept popping up. Like I was like, okay, okay, well let's, let's um, in invite, you know, invite him there as well. And then I was doing some research of my own, like what I was, what I was going to experience. And one of the first things that popped up for mediums online was about um, a mother who met with a medium um, who, whose son was uh, died in a, ver in a very similar mysterious way, um, connected to the same like serial killers. Sure. Um, that are are um, swirling around the mystery of of my friend, um, and I was like, "Well, that's weird." Like that—that's the one video that I watched. Um, and when when my friend um, uh, you know came into our session, um, there were a lot. I went back and watched. There's a lot of similar things that were said, like from that medium and really? to you about about the specifics of the cases and there's a whole other special on like on um, like the oxygen channel or something that i that i've never brought myself to watch sure um and when i was relaying the information that came out in our session my my brother and another dear friend of mine from high school who like have just stayed up up to date with all the information were saying like all of that is wow. is part of like all of that is part of the, the mystery um things that i wasn't even you know aware of um so that was um crazy i mean that was really really crazy like that whole period of time because it you got into a groove that was like just throwing things out like it felt like it was coming at you very quickly it was and there was like a lot of information and I like that's what I wrote the most because it wasn't like there was nothing general it was like very very specific things um and there, there's all this mystery around a car um oh, yeah. that that came up in in the session that only um now comes up in they have like a private investigator who has brought it up um that has connected with through dogs like to the possibility that his dna was um in, in a certain car that that could have been something that transported the body yeah um i knew nothing about any of that um because i remember so asking you, you and you're like i'm not too sure at this time yeah 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 but that's for sure like all um all a part of it um and the other like weird coincidence which is uh, no longer a coincidence the other weird element of it is my dear friend who i spoke to she had um gone to see a medium a couple years ago and a lot of the same and she like ran to her room and she pulled out the notes and we were on the phone and we have a lot of the same notes really um from um yeah from our friend from our friend who mysteriously died and it's interesting to note too i mean and i'm not going to go into detail about him but i, I do remember when i first got him I couldn't make out the gender. And, and this is a very common thing that sometimes people will ask is like, well, what do you mean you don't know if it's a guy or a girl? Sometimes, I mean, women can have short 
you know, hair, I also on the other side, and I remember I got the connecting letter. I remember I got the first letter of, of, of their name. And, um, um, you know, to go off of what you had mentioned about um, the similar details to other mediums, that's also why mediums are able to train other mediums. So when I trained at Lilydale probably about almost 10 years ago, I was with a group of like 10 of us. And then what's neat is that we can kind of tap into, for example, two mediums could read, like I could have another medium next to me and we could read you at the same time. And it, and that's why mediums are able to teach others because we can both tap into the same spirit simultaneously. But based off of our personalities, we're going to get different facets. So it's like looking mm. at the same picture, but, uh, you know, you might be looking at a, uh, the Mona Lisa at a museum, your, if your friend is more well-versed in history as a medium, they're going to be getting more of these notes where I might be getting more of the artistic notes of the painting. So we all pick mm. up on different things, but the messages are almost always, you know, the same. I always say, if you know how to read a book, you know what I mean? Um, or read a piece of sheet music, you know, somebody's going to perform it differently, but it should still sound the same. So, mm. mm -hmm. well, I want to thank you for coming on. We're going to wrap up with some rapid fire. Uh, I could talk to you all day and just pick your brain. I know. I know. I, I want to thank you. Like, I want to thank you for the session, for, for um, my honor. this experience. Like it, it just has been so um, unique. It's, it's been like, people are like, well, are you glad you did it? I'm so glad that I, that I did it. Mm. Uh, and I don't even know, like if I can articulate yet how that, will affect me moving forward um but i do think that like there is a like i said um and a percentage and elements of doubt that sure that are eliminated um and i do think that that in general feels very empowering that's and that's uh you're a genius because you use all the words that you describe things the way I do. I always say the same thing. It should feel empowering leaving a reading. You should never leave going, well, I feel worse about my lot. I feel like there is no hope for me. It should always be like, like the reading equivalent of like, you'll never walk alone, you know, from carousel. You're like, okay, <laughs> I have like a spiritual, I've got like a spiritual mafia with me on the other side now that is looking out for me. I have, I have spiritual agents, you know, that, that won't take 10% of my pay or, or whatever it is, you know, they, they're looking out for me. They want what's best for me, um, you know, on the other side. And it's just my job to read those, you know, to read that energy, to tap into that frequency and relay it. So um, yeah. And now it's time for some last minute questions. If you were stuck as a ghost in a theater and could only watch the same show over and over, what would it be? Musical. It has to be a musical. I mean, I'm going to say my own show. I'm lucky enough to say my own show. I'm absolutely going to yeah, say Hades. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can't wait to see but, what they do with it on the road because I, I want to know what they're going to do with the drum. Like, and how they're going to, it, it was a big, I know that it was a big question and, and a big concern. And if anybody can tackle it, it's Rachel. I can't wait to see all these amateur high school productions. They're going to be cutting holes in their floor. And then just like, you know, it's going to be coming up. It's going to be on the bloopers gone wrong. The musical theater fails and you'll just see somebody like fly through a hole and um, claw their way back out. And the high school audience just goes wild and I'm ready for it. Um <laughs> character who would benefit character that you've played or just a character that you're drawn to that would benefit from having seen a medium. 
<laughs> um, I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say Elsa. Oh, that's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Elsa could benefit from one. I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, if you either could, of them, either, either the sisters. Yeah. Elsa I, or Anna. I feel yeah. like Anna could use it because Anna's probably like, what the F is going on? Like, why won't my sister talk to me? And um, she also, you know, a medium would call that shit right out of going, you know, this person's bad for you. This person's after the throne or the kingdom. So get the hell out of here, Anna. You're, they're going to lock you up. And um, yeah, a medium would definitely help them with their romantic issues. So mm-hmm. yeah. And maybe tell Elsa, you know, when she's got some love coming her way. So yeah. Yeah, and and Elsa needs that that army of spirits behind her. She needs to know that she's not alone. She does. Um, <laughs> if you could go back in time and originate a part on Broadway that made somebody else super famous, what part would it be? The MC in Cabaret. <sighs> yes. Though I feel like people are going to look back on you and because I mean I I think of that image of like you know Joel Gray you know with that but now I mean. Years from now, pump. Somebody's gonna come and think of you. I mean, look at that image that Matthew Murphy took of like the side image with the muscle. I mean, that's gonna be somebody's Joel Gray one day. So I guarantee you, with that like that uh, bajillion years from now, when none of us are here, how would you want somebody to look back and remember Tim Hughes? Oh gosh, well that photo is gonna be a great rem- memory. <laughs> like the, um... aesthetic aside, personality. <laughs> I do think. Um... I do. I mean, we we talked about this. I think before this began, but um, the the flag snatch that happened at Frozen is like I always say. If if I had to put together like a four to five second clip of like all things that I wanted, that I think helped make me, and that I think I w- would want to be remembered for, um, it's like being like bowing on a Broadway stage in like a in like a otherworldly like super cool character um and then standing up and like trusting my instincts in that moment and that it also happens to be like politically motivated um in in like in a an action that um i took to kind of protect my company and and this sanctity of of theater and what you know a curtain call means i think all of those things are wrapped up in that weird moment um and all things that i would love to be remembered for well i want to thank you so much for being my guest today this this was a real honor i wish you nothing but the best of you know good health happiness and a a broadway coming back bigger and brighter than ever in 2021 so thank you again. same to you same to you it's so nice to have met you you as well i'll see you soon see you soon see you at the stage door yes stage door (laughs) bye-bye hi everyone i want to thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode i hope you enjoyed if you want to learn more about stage door medium please feel free to give me a follow at stage door medium on instagram stagedoormedium.com and on youtube stage door medium as well I hope you're well and we'll see you soon.